right, you ready to get started? Oh yeah. Yep, all right, so I'm this ready. is Extinction. That's what we're doing, the third one. The one all I right. Three lives down. You got enough in there to finish me off? One way to find out. Gross. This is not good. Best way to describe this movie? Girls kicking butt in the desert. Come on. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Guys, I told you, this is where the ridiculousness starts. Um, I don't feel like this got too far ridiculous than the second but it, one. But it's... Yeah. But it, I mean, I come like on, the, man. I feel like the next one is where it really starts. No, no. The only reason I say this one starts is because... I felt like this movie had a confusion of what it was trying to be. Well, okay. So Save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Is, it. It's already started. Let's go. Let's we get know. into it. We don't even really need to get into the games. We've already gotten into them. Um, I think this game, though, if anything from this movie it pops up from the games, I would say Wesker is finally introduced, who's a character from the games. And at the end, you have Tyrant revealed, which is the scientist turns into the big monster at the end. That that was Tyrant. Yeah. And those there's, two al- things. there's also a very small thing that's from uh, the Code Veronica game that if anybody who's played it would have uh, wouldn't have missed it is the zombie Stevie. No, oh, I, yeah, I, I never yeah. played uh, Veronica, so uh, I wouldn't know. Yeah, well, there's this character named Steve that uh, Claire meets, and he's so overly fucking annoying throughout the whole game. And Claire actually becomes friends and kind of falls in love with him. But I spent five dollars on your stinking ass. They were captured in the game, and he gets infected and becomes a huge monster. But um, what? When people were reviewing the game, one of the biggest complaints was the character because he was so fucking whiny. Hmm. So a lot of people had a lot of distaste for him. So in the movie, they had the zombie named Stevie that actually looked just like the character. Okay. So to pretty much kill him in that fashion was kind of like, hey, we hear you. Uh, Yeah, we don't like him either. Yeah, that's the thing about these movies. They put some nice little Easter eggs in these movies. Even well, though they're not really connected too much from the games, they got some nice little Easter eggs in them from well, the games. Well, uh, I was watching some interviews from the third and the fourth movie, and uh, one of the things they said is that apparently Paul S. Ander- what, Anderson, the director, yeah. um, he actually played a good bit of the games, is familiar with the games. Apparently he, he does have a love for the Resident Evil games. Amelia uh, Jovovich like her brother played it and that's what got her interested but like uh you know she's not as in- involved but and then in this third one apparently some of the interviews were like she was pregnant in the interviews so i guess she had just gotten pregnant filming this movie or you know maybe it was just before she got pregnant and by the time it was done and they were doing the the pro you know promoting the movie and all that she was pregnant and a lot of the talk was like after the second movie, she was kind of done with this franchise. 
and then she's like, she read the script for the third one. And of course, I mean, her husband's writing him. So it's like, all right, I'll do this one. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm also sure they saw how much they made at the box office and decided to put out another one. Yeah, but you know what's funny, though? One of the things they kept saying in the interviews, I noticed, they kept making the thing like, oh, we're doing great. Thank you to everyone and our international fans, our international fans. Oh, man, thank you to our international. They kept making that point because if you notice, a lot of the money comes from the international uh, box offices. That's where they make a lot of their money for these movies. Most of these movies are bouncing around like 35, 45 mil. I think the fourth one gets up to 65 mil or something like that. No. And, and well, the, are you talking about domestically? No, no, no. I'm talking about the cost of the movies. The cost of the movies get from about 35 mil to 65 mil. They bounce around that area is the cost. These movies make like 145, 150 million dollars. And that's international and domestic, like together, they make um, both those. So a lot of the, well, I, the what bankrolls these movies is the international, um, you know, people that are watching them. Yeah, Extinction, the one that we watched for this, made fifty million in the United States and then uh, hundred and forty-six worldwide. So it definitely pulled in more international overseas than it did here. Yep. And I think uh, the movie only cost like 35 mil or 40 mil or something like that. The last one, the final chapter, made 26 million US, but 314 worldwide. Look at that. Yeah, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, because uh, also you, you got to take consideration that the last movie, Apocalypse, came out in 2004. This is, two, this is three years later. This is 2007. Hmm. Um, it wouldn't be until another two years they decided to put out Afterlife which was a $60 million budget, and it made over uh, $300 million Actually, it made $295 million. <laughs> right, right shy of $300 million. But it made $60 million in the United States. Yeah, so these movies, they, they, there's a reason why they keep pumping them out. There's, there's a following, but it's just not in America. America, it's definitely dipped off. That last movie only made twenty mil domestically. That's shit. Twenty six, but three hundred basically overseas. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's a huge fan base overseas for these movies. What I would like to see the demographic breakdown. Like, is it Japan or is it more Europe that's getting into these movies? So, because I know Resident Evil is freaking huge in Japan, like even bigger than it is here. Yeah. Ryan, you might have to get a little closer to your mic or something like that. Uh, Kevin, you're coming in good, but Ryan, when you're talking, it's kind of low. So I'm just notifying you. Um, Is this better? Yes, it does sound much better. So off this website, it looks like it made $160 million just out of China and short of $40 million in Japan. So uh, this is the last movie. So it made more in Japan than it made in the United States. But China, China goes to the movies. They love watching movies and shitty movies. It's fine with them. That's why all the Transformers movies started having stuff in China, like yeah. the, the Singapore thing, because they had a huge fan base over there. So yeah, might as well. They're paying the bills, right? Yeah. 
All right, so let's get into this third movie. So, Patrick, you're new on here. So first, I want you to talk about your experience with the video game of Resident Evil because I don't think you've talked any of that since we started the Resident Evil podcast. I've I've tried playing some Resident Evil games, but I've never really gotten in, into them. Uh, I know they announced some for the Switch, so that might be like a good picking up point for me. Yeah, zero, one, and um, four, I think. Yeah, because I I had four on a GameCube. You and can I still know, stream a, a seven on the Switch, can't you? Not not in the United States. It's only in Japan. Oh, it's only in Japan. You could okay. you could stream Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey in Japan on your Switch. Like they get all the cool the cool shit. Hmm. But I've tried them and I've I've never really liked them. I played the one with the little tank controls and that was not fun. Um, I played through a good portion of four, but I'm not good at aiming so i was not good at conserving ammo (laughs) so i sucked uh but yeah yeah hold on one second i'm gonna put pause for just a second guys on the recording one second all right i'm back sorry about that anyways though so you haven't really played too much you might look at maybe getting into it when it comes out for the switch but as far as resident evil goes tank control is not really doing it for you Nah, it just, I don't know. You've seen the over-the-shoulder stuff in the first person in the 7. Has that interested you at all anymore? Or uh, If I had a VR unit, I'd probably play 7. Yeah. I'd play it in PSVR just to freak the shit out my kids and wife. Make yeah. them play it. Yeah, that works. Well, um, getting into the movie then. Uh, what are your thoughts on the movie, Patrick, first? Uh, so I went in, I've never seen any of them. I do have access to all of them. So you're um, coming into this without any prior knowledge like us. Right. Like I had no clue uh, what was going on in the beginning. And I was like, okay, there's like a little test in this clone. Because I knew the chick was the star of the movie. So I was like, so the beginning actually does, that's where the first movie started. Was her. Yeah. In fact, this movie does the same trope that the other two movies did. The main she character starts, starts off naked <laughs> and ends the movie naked. It happened in the first movie, the second movie, and then in this movie. It seems like a popular thing for them then. Yes. And apparently and, and and the director is married to the main star. So okay. he is putting his wife on display. Beginning and end, she is butt naked. That's what he likes. That's right. That's how she should start and end and, every day. And showing this. I think that's exactly what Ryan said in an earlier podcast. <laughs> what what's that? That she should start and end every day naked. Yeah, th- th- that's why the uh, the next three just started <laughs> started going downhill. <laughs> and it's um, I thought I'd be doing something different, like if I was in the movie, because the all the chicks that seem to survive are pretty hot. So I mean, I wouldn't be focused on trying to get somewhere else. I'd just be like, hey, let's repopulate the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you, how you gonna survive if you just got a bunch of pregnant bitches with you? Like, yeah, ain't gonna help. Hey, it doesn't matter. Mm. I go out champion. There you go. <laughs> I'm a champion. <laughs> um, now, nah, so it starts off with the first movie starts off. Just so you know, Patrick, and uh, basically where we've come to is that she has superpowers, right? Yeah. So she, she has she like the birds. Yes, she has telekinesis. So where we end it with the second movie, it was kind of weird because the second movie, and just for listeners too who maybe didn't watch the first two and you're listening, the second movie actually takes place in Raccoon City and she's running around in the main city. 
And it ends with her having psychic ability. She's like having people bleed out of their eyes by looking in a security camera and like fucking up the dude who's watching on the security. Like she's got psychic powers like that. Um, she fist fought Nemesis, this huge zombie creature that carries a rocket launcher around I'm, and a Gatling gun. I'm familiar gun. with who Yes. It is. So she fist fought him in the last movie and won. So nice. um, she's very strong, psychic abilities, all this kind of shit. I was waiting for her to get the nosebleed like 11. Yeah, they kind of started toying with like when she does it, she starts like headaches and whatever the fuck else. But uh, yeah, she, she's got these super abilities and apparently they've been tested on by the Umbrella Corp. So uh, that's a little background for how it started. And so ba- so what they're doing is they're trying to in the beginning they're trying to recreate her because she got away so they're trying to recreate her but they're having problems because like yeah they're testing them and they keep they keep dying they're not passing the test and they're dumping them outside that's how it begins all these clones are dead and there's a bunch of more clones being made so that's kind of what's happening on that front um she in the movie, I believe, is just kind of wandering around because we actually get this as as uh, as how we start. Um... The Umbrella Corporation thought they'd contained the infection. Well, they were wrong. Raccoon City was just the beginning. Within weeks, the T virus had consumed the United States. Within months, the world. The virus didn't just wipe out human life. Lakes and rivers dried up, forests became deserts, and whole continents were reduced to nothing more than barren wastelands. Slowly but surely, the earth began to wither and die. But few survivors there were learned to keep on the move. We avoided major cities. If we stopped any place too long, they would be drawn to us. Only a few at first, but then more and more. Never-ending army of undead. For those of us left, staying on the road seemed the only way to stay alive. Yeah, so that's that's our opening narration. Every movie begins with her doing this opening narr- or narration. Most of the time, she's like, "My name is Alice, and I work for, or I used to work for Umbrella Corp." And then it goes into whatever. Is, is she in the game? Any? Nope. Okay, that's what I figured. Nope. So Ryan, this movie takes. Well, actually, no. I'm gonna go to Kevin. Kevin. This movie takes place very different from where the games ever get into because we get into apocalyptic world where everybody's zombies. Never really happens in the game. What no. do you think about the movie change from the game and what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I'm actually kind of glad the movie went its own direction because like, the I feel like it would have do, done better trying to do its own thing rather than just trying to copy the video games. Uh, especially since like Resident Evil is, doesn't really have like uh, the most like what I want to say believable plot anyways like the game's pretty extreme itself and plot wise like the storylines so like I don't know I think I, I like I, I don't mind it I like the fact that they went with this whole new setting and this whole new thing and it's like a reimagining of the uh, the games I'm willing to go with it I was willing to go with it with this movie Ryan what did you think about it um I don't know. I kind of felt like it was a little bit early to go the whole Mad Max route. Yeah. Especially when they were talking about all the waters and the oceans had dried up in the plant life. I was just like, man, what did the T-Virus have anything to do with that? <laughs> well, it kind of infects all the animals and shit, don't it? 
like we even see in this movie there's a scene where the crows get infected and they start attacking which is in the game actually infected crows that you got to shoot and fight against in the video games but we see them attack the people so i mean if animals and living organisms like plants are susceptible to this T virus. Vegetation, but I don't see why it would make the rivers and like lakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking, I was like, well, at least it didn't go in the route of having like the plants and the oceans infected by the T virus. So we have like monster oceans. Zombie water. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, crazy zombie trees. Uh, Patrick, uh, you don't really have much to do as far as the games go, but, and you're jumping into this movie just as a. You know, apocalypse scenario. So one thing I'm going to say about it, I don't like that they went this direction. And the reason why I think it's stupid is because it doesn't make sense why there's still a corporation if it's an apocalypse. A corporation is a company that's built upon making money to get bigger. If everybody's fucking zombies, who's buying their goddamn products? How are they still having all the money? How many people are still in their work labor force if they're all zombies? Now, one of the things they are saying is the scientists are trying to have a way to regenerate the zombies so that they can... Uh, still do menial laborious tasks and stuff like that, but they're basically, still basically we want to make zombie slaves. Yeah, exact, exactly yeah. that. And to yeah. me, it, it's what's stupid about it is not that they went this direction, but the fact that they went this direction, but still have like a scene where we have a corporate meeting with everybody around having holographic meetings with each other around a boardroom, like a table, like any of that shit even matters anymore. Like, why are you still sitting at the table? Like this doesn't make sense. Who's paying them? Yeah, exactly. Like what? It's not so much about the money anymore than it is just the fact about they have all the power and like the research and everything. I mean, if civilization ever does start up again, Umbrella Corp is probably going to be the one at the freaking top of it. Yeah, I, I kind of think the only reason they were still there because the fact that they were still working for the Umbrella Corps, they had security. Well, I get why you would still offense. like. I, I get. I, I get why you would still okay be part of Umbrella. I don't get why we're still acting like a corporation while we're still having boardroom meetings. Why these things are still happening? Because it's completely changed. You you can't have the whole world changed, and then you're still having like sales projections for next quarter like that doesn't make sense you don't have any customers motherfucker (laughs) if they they mentioned something about that i think i missed it do you think they get paid they do actually here this this is actually something i did get um let's see here here they'll never be human but would provide the basis for a docile workforce we can return to the surface. After months of experiments, you have nothing to show, and we are left to rot underground. Without the original project, Alice, progress has been difficult. I've been forced to replicate it using clone genetic models. It's laborious. The results, unpredictable. Project Alice and the subject of domestication is of the highest priority. We'll concentrate on this to the exclusion of all other research. We'll expect an updated report within a week. Simply demanding results will not guarantee them. Then perhaps we should place someone else in charge. Alright, so this is where this shit falls apart to me. Why is your first importance having a superpowered person on your staff? Everybody's a fucking zombie. If you have all the guns, who the fuck cares? Like, 
I, I, it, there's a lot of breakdown here that I don't understand. Like, at least they haven't justified it in the movie. The the little computer girl told her that she her her blood was pure and she was the cure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably what it, I think they want her blood is what the thing and, is. Now, the and they never they never that. even explain who the who this little girl is right here. Yeah, well, okay, that's true. Apparently, she had a sister who was a bitch, and that was the Red kept... Queen. So you missed the first movie. There was actually the Red Queen. So it was a it was a red holographic little girl, and she was killing everybody in because uh, the first movie it takes place in the house where this movie actually opened in a replica of the house. Right. Right. So uh, the real Alice went through that whole house and survived. All the other Alices are not, and um, in that movie. What happened was for her to wake up and go through the laboratory was there was a, a leak, the T-virus leaked, and everybody went crazy. And to protect the outside world, the Red Queen basically locked off the laboratory that was like underground in, in this mansion thing and uh, killed everybody in there. It just went crazy. So that's kind of a quick synopsis Did of the first movie. Did she go crazy or was that the best solution? That, that was like the best solution. Good, that seemed like a pretty good solution. It was the best solution as far as that AI system thought of like security measures. The virus is out. Lock it up. Well, everybody's she did, the, she did have the virus contained until they started trying to get out. And yeah. Shut her down. Well, yeah. Then a group of umbrella troops went in there with Alice, opened up the place, and then basically let it out into the city. So, so you're saying if that they would have just let the computer do what it wanted to do, there would be no other movies. This virus yes. would be nothing. Yes. The, the world would still have fucking water. Yes. Well, even still, in the second movie, they nuke Raccoon City neutralizing the virus don't understand how it got out to the whole world it's a big jump cosmic dust yeah <laughs> i guess so so it is a big jump but no my hang up is just it's just so weird to see like a corporate meeting everybody in suits like dressed up to be at this meeting and they're like living underground and they're still having like a business meeting in the middle of the apocalypse do, do you think that they're paid in non-violent alice clones uh i think so i actually i like, think so everybody like the, the guy the with the sunglasses well. just has like 20 of them at his house uh, do yeah, his bidding. he's like yep that's right you do this makes, you do this sense now that's why that's how that's why everybody stays there now. There's 20 yeah. of you fucking Alice's home, and I come home to dinner ready is a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. He knows so, what so, it is. So now we have a corporation ran on Alice currency. Yep. That's right. That Everybody's just trading <laughs> Alice <world>. clones. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. Uh, this is the Walking Dead of this. You get universe. a. You get a company car and two Alice clones. Yeah. Come work for Can't me. Pass up that deal. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, getting off of Umbrella, like we get our first look at Wesker, but he really doesn't play that much of a role here. Uh, he plays a bigger role later. It's more focused on the scientist, that that dude. Um, Dr. Dr. Isaacs. Dr. Isaacs. Yep, you're absolutely right, good sir. Um, so when we meet up with Alice, we also get, she's just wandering the desert until she finally kind of comes across uh, the main group of people where we actually get our first look at Claire Redfield, who's actually from the game. Because she, she has a, um, she has the scanner on her motorcycle looking for survivors. Yeah. And, yeah, that's kind of like her, her mission. She's kind of made it for herself is to try to find survivors out there. Yeah, and then she's also working with, uh, we see LJ again. 
which uh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I was about to say the weird thing about LJ is we open up on whenever we get to him, we see him, and the first thing that happens to him is basically he gets bit by a zombie. And in the previous movies, if you get bit, you typically turn in a matter of hours. It took him two days to turn into a zombie. Yeah, and and also the fact that Carlos was bitten and infected the previous movie, but was given the antivirus. Oh yeah, but yeah, they cured him. So and then he got bit again, didn't he? He got yeah. bit by LJ. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because he didn't want to tell nobody that he fucking got bit. But I guess I wouldn't either if I can live two more days afterwards. God damn, he lived two days. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen a zombie movie where you get bit and two days later you turn into a zombie. That's yeah, a long and, and time. LJ, the, the attack didn't really, it really didn't even look that severe until he showed the wound. And nobody even bothered to check him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. Like I know that the paramedic chick was supposed to be like freaking taking it like she was bandaging and zoom up and everything and she like she didn't check in for like any bite marks and shit. It seems like if you're a paramedic in a zombie world, that's like one of your priorities. Right. Yeah, she just checked his forehead. Carlos fucking saw it. Yeah, yeah he did. He saw it. He he opened fire on the zombie. He didn't even bother to check him. He's like, Yeah, you alright? Right, cool. I'm assuming the movie's trying to say he didn't see it, but I don't see how you don't see that. It was yeah. it just happened right there. So yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah. That, that. Now, now next, I uh, I like to get into is um, is a uh, Paul W S Anderson alumni of '95. We have Johnny Cage with us. Well, Claire, if we can run these trucks on rust. Looking pretty good. He's doing the greatest country accent you've ever heard. <laughs> my, 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 my problem with his character in this movie, I'm like, okay, when is he going to execute a shadow kick? I know, yeah. Dude, I wanted him to shadow kick a zombie. That would have so been amazing. Bad. That would have been amazing. They, they kept putting him on sniper duty. I'm just like, he's got a fucking shadow kick. Come on. <laughs> he's got the shadow kick. I know, right? Yeah, I thought it was funny to see him here. Um, what about Claire, though? Redfield, the actress that played her. Uh, I've seen her in quite a few things. She wore whipped cream and varsity blues. There you go. Very nice. Good catch. She also banged another chick in the league. Oh, look at that. There you go. She was in the episode where she was cheating on her husband. Did you, did you watch the league? I did. I seen every episode, and I can't remember her in there. There's the one where he was, um, the one of the guys starts cheating on, uh, with her. She's cheating on her husband, and the husband finds out because he eats at a meatball someplace. And it's the episode where they, where the, uh, all the guys kept going to the gym because the, the, the chick there was just like a drill sergeant and like they was making them like, it was like, she was like, drop down, you give me 20 bitch. And then they were like getting off on it basically. And so what happens is she, she, the, the girl that he's cheating with or whatever, she ends up banging the gym teacher. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. I'm going to go back and find that episode. I felt like. Oh, I'm sorry, Patrick. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I felt like Claire Redfield in this movie was how Jill Valentine was in the previous movie. She was there. She really did nothing. Yeah. Outshined every moment by Alice. Yeah. Yeah, no. They didn't really give her much to do. You're right. And uh, honestly, though, I don't even feel like 
I didn't really care. I, I don't mind that actress. In fact, some of the things I've seen her in, I, I, I like her. Like, she's not bad. But she doesn't look or remind me at all of Claire Redfield. Her attitude right. doesn't mm-hmm. remind me at all of Claire Redfield in the game. Like, she plays more the type of character she is in, in shows and stuff. She always seems like kind of a bitch-like character, kind of sometimes serious and, like, cold in a way. And Claire Redfield from the games and stuff that I remember, she never really came off like that to me. And she doesn't right. really have the look, nor does she have, like, any of her character action reminds me at all of Claire. She, she had none of her traits, and what behooved me is is the fact that well baffled is the idea that how you know she had her group of survivors meeting up with alice's group of survivors and she's instantly given in charge of everybody yeah basically uh she's given in charge of everybody and at the end of the movie but alice didn't have a group of survivors she came there by herself and she saved them from the crows by using her psychic abilities to take the flamethrower and like burn all the birds up around in the air. And what would get to me is if, if this is playing off from the uh, ending of the second movie, what the hell happened to Jill Valentine? Yeah, no, we don't get anything on that. It's kind of weird how that happens because they don't even say like, oh, two, I don't think they do. They don't even say like a two years later or four years later after the events of the you know second movie. We just kind of get that narration that like, oh, yeah, some time has passed and the whole world's now in chaos. Yeah, I think it's a couple of years later, but you don't actually see that in this movie. I actually see that in the other movie because you see the virus spread in freaking Japan at the beginning of the that other movie. Is that is weird like that the later. fourth movie – not to get too far ahead into the fourth movie, yeah. but you're right. Like the fourth movie actually has an opening scene that belongs in this movie. And it's kind of weird that they put it in the next movie. So, yeah. And then yeah, they also give you a four years later, which means, like, if it, if this third one is a couple years later and the next movie is a couple years later, like, it's been a long fucking time. Well, no, I think the fourth one picks up right at the end of this one because she's telling Wesker, oh, I'm going to come and get you and I'm bringing a couple of my friends. And Wesker's supposed to be in Tokyo. So I'm thinking they're just – I don't know why they put – that yeah, that's confusing. We'll get into it on the next episode. We're going to get into that in the next episode, yeah, because that's just yeah. confusing and bizarre, and it's stupid. Um, what did y'all think about just the action fight scenes and things like that, just uh, the good stuff? Um, Action-wise, I liked it. I mean, I mean, I thought it had some, like, some freaking uh, good action pieces. I think that's one thing about these movies. They seem like they have some decent freaking action pieces in them. The the action fight scenes are definitely better than the special effects at the end. Special yeah. effects are always bad I, in all these movies. Okay, I just I didn't know. I, I felt like I felt like in this movie with the action scenes they were trying to match it with so many jump scares. Mm. I feel like they just need to stay away from CGI. Like anytime this movie goes for the CGI special effects thing, it looks terrible. But whenever we they keep to like practical effects, like when they dress up the dogs or you know, the way the zombies look and stuff like that, it's not so bad. It, don't, yeah. it doesn't look bad. It looks pretty good. But like, and in fact, that was the thing in the first movie. In the first movie, there's a liquor, 
And that liquor is like jumping around and it's CGI bad. It looks terrible. Yeah, but at one then, point it's a it's a it, CGI. It but then when it transforms, they make a they make a they puppet make a, for it. They and make it a puppet for better. it, and it looks much better when it's like a puppet. Like they they it looks it doesn't look too bad. I mean, if you can't afford ILM, just don't do special effects. That's what I say. I feel like it's like like he didn't learn his lesson from Mortal Kombat. Like in Mortal, especially Annihilation, which I don't think he did. Did Paul S. Anderson do Annihilation? I think he just did the first Mortal Kombat. No. He, he didn't do Annihilation. Yeah, so in Annihilation, that was the mistake they made. That movie was horrible. Yeah, they well, they went for the they went for, like for all the special effects, and you just didn't have the budget, you didn't have the right stuff to do it. Stay away from it. Just don't fucking do it. The next Resident Evil Four, Jesus Christ, they go they swing for the fences with the special effects, and it's bad. <laughs> it's bad, but we'll get into that one later. But in the um, in this third one. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you this. This movie, as far as the actions go, action scenes go, like it looks like they did a lot of work, uh, some hard work in trying to get some of these like stunts and stuff done. I've seen some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff of them getting tied up to ropes and doing all these things. But, again, you get well, a lot well, of... More more spin kicks with Mila Jovovich. Yeah, you do get that. But, I mean, it wasn't... The, I think... I don't feel like this had the ridiculous action, like... Whenever they did the CGI shit, like burning all the birds up with the telekinesis shit, that's, you know, yeah, that was over the top, like, just bad. But I don't think, like, the the fighting, the fist fighting and everything was as bad as, like, like that first movie. When, like, out of nowhere, she runs up the side of a wall and spin kicks a dog in the face. Like, this, <laughs> I don't feel like anything was too bad like that. Uh, I think the biggest action set piece we have is when they finally get to Vegas and it's all covered in dirt, desert, and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, <clears throat> the scientist, Dr. Isaacs, he drops that bin full of the angry zombies, the powerful zombies, thinking it's going to fuck everybody up. Right. And, of course, he's wrong. The Freddy Krueger look at zombies? Yeah, that's right. I, um, but, but quickly, I want to know everybody's thoughts and opinions on the scene where they are watching her from a satellite while she's talking to Carlos. So they pinpoint on her, and then they scan her, and you can clearly see her face on the monitor, but yet it is a 62% yes. positive ID. Yeah, and then they go to Wesker, and they're like, and he's like, it's only 65%. It's not 100%, so we're not going to do anything. It's like, motherfucker, her face is right there. You know <laughs> <Yeah>. it's her. <laughs> this, time, this time I'm actually watching this movie with the girlfriend, and she's like, what the fuck do you mean 62%? You can clearly see her fucking face. Yeah. Mila Jovovich. Yes. Yes, and- you're absolutely right. That's ridiculous. That shit was stupid. Yeah. But um, to backtrack a little and give some, give some plot details here. So listeners who may not have watched the movie and just curious about the movie. Um... Alice, of course, like we played in the beginning, narration is wandering around the desert and stuff. She runs into a group led by Claire Redfield, who we know from the video games. And they apparently kind of come together and get the idea that we need to get somewhere safe. Like there's there's somewhere, there's a radio signal out there saying come to some city in Alaska. 
Yeah, so, uh, Alice Arcadia. finds the notebook. Arcadia. Yes, he. She. Yeah, she finds the notebook and has his info, and so she rallies them up to let's go to Arcadia. Meanwhile, Umbrella is like, "Hey, we need Alice. That's top priority." Dr. Isaacs, you need to find her. He's too busy, though. He is trying to get Alice, but he's also working on his own experiments and shit. And part of that is making these super angry zombies who are like just a lot more aggressive, basically. And uh, he finds her while they're on their way to Alaska. There's a head point where they all fight. It goes down. but And basically, everybody dies except for like Claire. I think like everybody dies by the end of this thing, but Claire Redfield. And Every Alice. everybody dies except. Oh, and Kmart. 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 Yeah. Um, and Alice. Yeah, and I think a few like little kids or something like that that are with them or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and uh, it was a bunch of little kids and then random people that you saw here and there that were dying left and right. Yeah. And you can clearly yeah. see LJ is turning. Yeah, the whole movie LJ's turning. He does turning. He doesn't really have, and nobody really has much character depth or development or anything like that. It's really just like basic, like oh, it's this country guy who should be doing shadow kicks, but he's not. And then oh, it's this other guy who like he can shake cans and he knows if there's beans in there or not. Like nobody gives a fuck about that either. But so. but but my my problem is, but a lot of them, these cannon fodder characters, have more personality than Claire Redfield does. That's true. That's true. They do give them little, like, winks and little things like that. They give them a little more depth of personality than Claire. Claire's just like a dry whiteboard of just like, I'm the leader. But then Alice kind of leads anyway. Yeah, because she sits there and she makes a yep. speech to everybody. Like, hey, we're thinking about going to Alaska. Everybody gets excited. Or yeah. we could just wander the desert some more. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're out of gas. So they go to Las Vegas because they're like, look, it's a big city. There should be gas there because most people are not going there because it's overrun with zombies. So they're expecting it to be dangerous. But when they get there, it's covered in sand. Like, apparently just sand covers everything. And um, they can't get gas. But when Umbrella shows up to, guess, stop them and, and fight them, Dr. Isaacs does, um, they see that they got a helicopter. They follow that helicopter back and have a big fight with Dr. Isaacs, who turns into Tyrant. And we get our first look at Tyrant and see um. him come into play I, I know we're kind of just jumping ahead but i, I want to mention the the scene where when alice is fighting all these zombies when umbrella decides to hit the pause button on her yes oh, yeah. so they, they it's a callback to how they ended the second so in the second movie they do end where they let her go but uh you see in her eyes there's like an umbrella corpse sign in her eyeballs and uh, they show like they're still they have some kind of connection or some kind of control. At the end of the second how, movie, how, that's how shown. Not, if, if that was the case, then how couldn't they could find her for a while? No. How does well, she, she have psychic powers so powerful that she can destroy a satellite in outer space from the ground? She didn't destroy it. She just burnt up one computer chip. Still. From the ground to outer space. Get the fuck out of here. She's just trying to phone home. You could do that, but you have a headache from throwing fire around in a circle at some crows. <laughs> you can maybe... Those are some... Right? That was a murder of crows. You can give an alien in Mars a headache or a boner, depending what you do with your psychic abilities. But you have problem moving fire around five feet from you. No, sir. I don't take that. Yeah, she, she burned her own chip. Yeah, she did. That's how she, she was able to get free from their control from that satellite shit. Yeah. 
but they were, but then they 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 put up the satellite. They were still able to watch her. Yeah, no. They, well, I think it just she just disabled the chip that apparently was had the ability to transfer the signals of control. Question mark. But whatever. Anyways, they end up going back fighting Doctor Isaacs. They get his helicopter and they fly out to Alaska. He he gets bitten. Yeah. And uh, he turns into the tyrant. Fight him after, after yeah. he takes like what, like twelve miles, miles of the antivirus. antivirus. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, he takes. Well, yeah, he takes all that shit. Realizing it contradicts everything about taking the antivirus. Then again, I say contradict, but at the same time, I've everybody except for Carlos who has taken the antivirus has turned anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, but a lot of them, too, were bitten multiple times. Like, I, I remember in, in the first movie, uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, she got bit like 20 times in the first movie. And then she takes the antivirus, but it don't work. But then Carlos, I think in the second movie, got bit only once. And he took the antivirus and was fine. But then there's always that, that, that line in, in this movie universe that, like, these viruses react differently to different people. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes you turn into a monster. Sometimes you get superpowers. Who knows? It's yeah. just kind of a shot in the dark. It's kind of like we did an episode last time about if you fuck Jill Valentine and get uh, the T-virus as an STD. One of the chances oh, that you decide to do is that do you take the chance and possibly get superpowers? Or do you play hide the bananas? That was your uh, would you rather. Good sir. That, that, that was mine? Yeah, that was yours. That's what you came up with. Patrick, do you hide the bananas with Donkey Kong, or do you take your chances for superpowers and bang Joe Valentine? I don't... What, why am I hiding the bananas from Donkey Kong again? It's a would you rather. I don't know. It was Ryan's. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was fine. It was would, would you rather have sex with Joe Valentine, who who is restricted with the T-virus, yes. or would you play hide the banana with all of Donkey Kong's bananas at the end of Donkey Kong Country? Yeah, that's a lot of fucking bananas. I it think is I, a lot. I think of I'm bananas. gonna get this T virus. We, me and Tim, me and Tim picked high to bananas because when I asked you my probability of getting superpowers, you told me it's fifty fifty, and I didn't like those that's, odds. That's good odds. That's better odds. There's only so many bananas that he's. If gonna it was hide an eighty mouth. twenty superpowers, like lead. I would have There's went. only so many bananas he's going to hide in your mouth. And well, then he's going to start using yeah, other I gonna, holes. I was going to say, uh, I think I would take a 50-50 chance over taking just 50 bananas up my rectum. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't they have like a couple of like huge-ass bananas, too? Well, first yes, of all, it wasn't explained to me in the original concept of this that these bananas were going in each orifice that we have in our if bodies. If he's hiding them, he's going to hide them wherever. Yeah. And so I thought just out in the world. And I had to travel like Indiana Jones and find them. No, he's shoving he's shoving bananas up God damn it. Then I'm going to fuck Joe Valentine. <laughs> I want bananas he's not even pe- He's not even peeling these bananas first so they mushy. He's just uh, shoving them sure. in the I was on what the what the regulations you were not that clear sir you were not that clear listen back to an episode of who's next podcast and you can hear more about when we broke that down so anyways what episode it is so i can listen to it again (laughs) i will buy you a fucking (laughs) you're not clear you will buy me what you said go ahead and check it out but um um 
anyways, back on the movie. Uh, that, that's basically the end of it. Uh, I think they fly off to Alaska, but she stays because she's she finds the clones and there's more clones in there that they were making of her and she's like all right i'm gonna go fuck up umbrella that's how the movie ends so i got a question about the fourth one a little prematurely because i haven't watched it and i'm not Premature gonna be on the ejaculation it's always a problem one out of three men do all these clones come into play in the next movie or is yes, it like they do okay in the, in, the, in the beginning of the movie Yes. I thought it was going to be like The Matrix, where at the end he's in the phone booth. And he's like, I'm coming for you. I'm going to find you. And then the next Matrix no, the, movie the, the has next, nothing to do with that Actually, shit. to its credit, the next movie picks up exactly with her charging the Umbrella Corporation and all her clones. Okay. It picks up right well, there. Did she the give them all the red dresses well, or did they charge in nude? I, no, they, they well, all have clothes. Because, where did they get all this clothes from? Because just to add. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, we're, we're getting one naked Mila Jovovich. At the end of this movie, we're getting like hundreds of naked Mila Jovovich. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think we all win here. Yeah. That one turned and had no nipples. Uh, that is true. One did turn and didn't have any nipples. Yeah. Oh well. well anyways, people want variety, Patrick. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. They want variety. He has memory and reasoning skills. This is incredible. That's right. <laughs> so, so we have Doctor Isaacs, who's turned and has become the first tentacle monster in this movie franchise. Yeah. Uh, well, he turns into tyrant. They're, they're calling it tyrant. I don't remember tyrant's claw though being able to like stretch it's out his like tentacles. Yeah. I don't remember that uh, being Nemesis. anything in the game. Yeah, Nemesis does, but not tyrant. But they even specifically say well, in some of the info Nemesis. on this movie that that was supposed Nemesis. to be tyrant. Ne- Nemesis is Tyrant. He's the perfect form of Tyrant. Oh, okay. Well, this one is specifically called Tyrant. It's supposed to Tyrant was in the first game, right? Tyrant was in the third game. I thought he was in the well, first no, one. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in every in every game from Resident Evil One all the way to fuck, uh, probably Resident Evil Four, every game had a Tyrant. Oh, okay. Different version of Tyrant. Okay, all right. So there's been different versions. All right, I wasn't sure about that. And 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 just and just to throw this out there, uh, I actually caught this. I know I don't know if any of you guys did, because I'm I'm a huge uh, Resident Evil buff. But yeah. when he's fighting Alice, and he looks at it and goes, "You can't kill me," that's actually a line from the original Resident Evil game. Hmm. Okay. All it's right. it's said when uh, Chris after. Tyrant busts out of his tube and kills Albert Wesker, quote unquote. Mm. Uh, the first thing that Chris Redfield says to Tyrant is, "You can't kill me." Hmm. Okay. I didn't catch that, but okay, a good catch. Um, I think uh, we've kind of cracked down on this movie. I'm going to get into some of the um, little facts and stuff. But first, I wanted to play an interview clip that I thought was kind of funny. I'll play through it. The Umbrella Corporation thought they'd contained the infection. They were actually. Slowly but surely, the earth began to wither. They play the opening narration in the stupid, like... There we go. All right. All right, most fun part of this movie. This, the, I mean, this is just a kick them in the groin. Girls kicking butt in the desert. Come on. How often do you get to see strong female characters kicking butt 
you know, shooting guns, saving the world. Are you used to the physical challenge from your hero's role? Was this something that was easy to jump into? And from movies that I've just done. I mean, I've, there's always been kind of some element for me um, of action, uh, let it be stunts or, or whatever in my career. So. I love it. I mean, bring it on and things that I can't do because of insurance, you know, I won't. But this is Mila. I mean, her stunts that she does in this are amazing. Now, that was Claire Redfield's character talking to actress. She didn't have much action at all in this movie. Uh, well, I had a question. Uh, so who other than Alice was kicking butt and saving the fucking world? Uh, everybody else fucking died. <laughs> yeah, everybody else fucking died. I like. And Carlos pretty much had the sweetest death, which honestly, my old lady was sitting there watching with me. And she goes, "Well, why doesn't Alice use her psychic powers and blow up the tanker?" You know, that is a very good question. Because <laughs> like, he was you know infected, and he was gonna Paul die anyway. W. S. Anderson. That's yep. why. Yeah, that's right. You didn't make this fucking movie. You didn't put fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear a fucking word you say. <laughs> I want to know. I think Carlos had the sweetest death to where he just, because she wanted to give him the antivirus, even though it worked last time, but he decides to flip over the tanker and, and he's like, hey, if I had a smoke, I could find one. And there just so happened to be a joint. It goes, LJ, you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that guy had the wee joint. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, of course. It's a sneaky son and, of a bitch. That's it. Right kills there. me. She even said, "I'm like, why does he wait to light the dynamite before he lights the joint?" She goes, "I would have smoked half of that before I lit it." I'm like, again, you were not part. <laughs> yeah, they'd be just standing there, like, "Hey, is he gonna set off this truck? <laughs> When's he gonna blow it up?" And then Alice would just blow it up right before he's finished the joint, like, "Oh, I could do this." <laughs> right, he could at least enjoy it, but he lights the dynamite and then lights the joint. A sneaky son of a bitch. That's right. Oh, uh, so here we go. More. Playing clips of the movie. Coming online sure. in 15 seconds. So you look you look different than you did in the film. Oh, you mean this? Yeah. You mean the huge belly? I'm just a little teensy weensy bit pregnant. <laughs> what was the worst part of the desert? When Mother Nature lets loose her fury, there's nothing you can do. All I know is that. I got on set and suddenly it's 145 degrees and there's a sandstorm and I'm rigged to wires 50 feet in the air and suddenly I start swinging like a pendulum. I mean, it was intense, you know, there was no joking around here. Everything broke down. It's hard, you know, we started this really complicated uh, uh, fight sequence or whatever it is and the cameras would keep breaking down, keep breaking down, you know, uh, so that's hard. So the whole movie, the camera's just breaking down while filming all this shit. I wonder how much footage they just lost because cameras broke down and how many how many cuts were just like, all right, that's good enough. <laughs> we're done. The cameras it's, are working? I wonder, how much, I wonder how much super cool shit they actually recorded until their shit got damaged. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it, it makes me feel a lot of like ooey bowl type things that go wrong in his movies. <laughs> I feel like where... 
I lost all my scripts, and then I just like, yeah, just you'll figure it out. <laughs> I've got the, I got a basic concept for this scene. Just say some stuff, and we'll make it work. <laughs> these yeah, films have a very. Pause and this is like, boy. babe, how, how you feel about reshooting this? Well, you know, I'm pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's good. To be, you know, it's fine. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Oh, and this is a little bit about Resident Evil's loyal fans. Fan base, people who are really into them. When they see you out, when they recognize you at the mall, what do they want to know? Usually it involves a lot of really specific technical things like, dude, that gun you were shooting with, what kind of gun was it? Was it, you know, a Beretta? Was it a this? And I'm like, uh, wow, I don't remember, you know? But uh, it's great to feel when, when people really enjoy what you do. It's, it's great to, to feel that appreciation. And that's about it. So. Oh yeah, because I I wrote a whole fucking list of questions I wanted to fucking <laughs> ask him what guns they were using. <laughs> Why would you ask the actor that? Who the fuck like? Ah, I don't know. You run into an actor. Like, remember that movie you did? What kind of gun was that you were using in that scene? It's like I don't fucking know. It was a fake gun and said Dixieland on it. I've mentioned it. Usually, by the time these movies come out, they've already been done with the fucking filming of the movie for like a year. So yeah. they're not gonna remember that shit. Yeah. Oh, oh dude. Um. Just, I just want to uh, add a quick story about when I was actually uh, when you taxed me to watch this movie. Um. But I decided to stay home, and I told her I had to watch these two movies for the podcast for today. Yeah. So she decided to join me and watch these movies instead of the little girl. Yeah. And um, I'm just like, so do you like Resident Evil? She goes, yeah, I love the Resident Evil movies with Mila Jovovich. I was like, great. So she's watching it with me. And she's just like, yeah. I was like, are you sure? She goes, yeah, I I love all of them, all three of them. I'm like, three of them? She's like, yeah, but the, but the, the third one was kind of like over the top and lame. I was like, well, actually, I'm watching two of them. And she's like, what do you mean? There's more than three. She's like, there's more than three. <laughs> Mind blown. I'm, I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, so four, whatever. I'm like, uh, what? What are you about to tell me? There's six. There's fucking six. Yeah. I got a, six Resident Evil movies. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, no. Yeah. You just have to watch two more lame movies. <laughs> Her right. mind was so blown. She's like, oh, my God, are you telling me? She goes, well, let me ask you, does it get better? I'm like, you know you know when somebody asks you, like, hey, how, how's your pet doing? And your pet already died, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you, have, you have that look on your face. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's the look I gave her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, God. All right. Um. So let's get into these. Uh, there were unused scenes from the original script where Alice manages to hack into the files of her brother. It is revealed that her real name is not Alice Abernathy, but Janice Prospero. Did we get a line of her real name in this movie? I don't remember. I don't think we did. No. A conscious decision was made early to make the bloodiest of the Resident Evil films. Joe, yeah, because it is the bloodiest one. It kind of is. Yeah, I think uh, so. There's, there's, there's another fact I wanted to throw out there. I don't know if you knew or not. What this movie was originally called. Oh, it was called Afterlife, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was. Yeah, and then they changed it to Extinction, and then the next movie's called Afterlife. 
So, uh, the film was not screened for critics, most likely due to the overwhelmingly negative reviews from the critics of the first two films. Claire Redfield in the video games is a never-ending search for her brother Chris, but the main plot of the film was planned. The the original purpose of the trip to Alaska would be the reunion of Claire with her brother. So originally, the the Alaska trip was going to be Claire trying to get to her brother. The Chris Redfield subplot was scrapped, and the voyage to Alaska was rescheduled as a simple quest for a safe haven. Yeah, because there's no point in this movie where she even mentions her brother Chris. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the nightmares of Alice indicate that she has a mild psychic connection to her clones since some of their memories are transferred into her subconscious. Uh, it becomes important for the sequels, but to be honest, I didn't really... It's a weird way to try and put that in there because I really didn't feel it was communicated well. You know? yeah, I kind of got some idea know. like maybe they might be connected, but I, I mean, I didn't know. Yeah, because you didn't know to the next movie until you see one of the clones actually use her psionic powers. Yeah. Um, this is the only narration in the sequels that does not begin with the phrase my name is Alice um, there was much speculation that the well known character from the video games Leon Kennedy would make a cameo and his role would expand in the upcoming fourth film for a long time it was rumored that the known actor Jensen Ackles would be cast as Leon Kennedy but this never happened who that's um, Dean that's the guy from, from Supernatural. Supernatural yep Oh yeah, he he's a guy right now that's uh, trying to because a lot of people were trying to push him to be Red Hood. Yeah, he dressed up as Red Hood for Halloween actually, and he like there's some yeah. pictures going around with him. He he's trying to answer a lot of uh, his fans' uh, calls. Oh yeah, so he's trying to be Red Hood now. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him as Red Hood. Uh, I don't think it'd be bad. I'd be curious to see him at least. The original script included some flashback sequences depicting the trial in the International Court of Geneva. Geneva, The Umbrella executives were convicted for the genocide, but the hearing came to an abrupt end when an army of undead barged into the courtroom. How convenient. Yeah. Director Russell Mulchase, chief, chief instance with this film, and his big point of difference over its predecessors was that it'd be shot not at night, but in the blazing sunshine. Insistence, I'm sorry. Chief insistence with this. It's a weird way to word that sentence. Allie Larder was cast largely on the strength of her performance in the first two Final Destination movies, who's uh, Claire Redfield. That's who uh, Allie Larder is. She played Claire. Uh, Claire Redfield's role in the movie is different than the game, so no, no shit. We already covered that. Uh, for the crow attack scenes, only two crows were used for the entire sequence. The rest were special effects, which you can fucking tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, they all move at the same time as this one crow. Yeah. The accompanying music for the first theatrical trailer is the Crystal Methods, I Know It's You. Milia Do- Jovovich provides the vocals wailing for the song, which was released three years earlier. Dear God. Yeah, yeah for the two... Cure- Kirky, oh, Jesus Christ. Knives were from Milia Jovovich's fight trainer from Resident Evil Apocalypse. So that's where they got the idea to have those two uh, knives that she used to fight the zombies with. The film's working title was Afterlife, which we talked about just earlier. Um, and it changed. 
Sienna Guillory was offered the chance to reprise her role as Jill Valentine from Resident Evil Apocalypse, but had to turn it down due to scheduling conflicts with Aragon, 2006. And the character Jesus was Christ. then written out of this sequel. The early That's dra- why I should be sure. <laughs> The yeah. early draft of the script reveals Kmart's real name. It's Elizabeth Jane Case. One of the few additions in the latest drafts of the script is the initial attack of the Desert Gang. Originally, Alice would discover an abandoned TV station. She would watch old footage on the screens depicting the destruction of the world due to the global infection. Her narration would unfold at that point. When the script was rewritten, this scene was dropped, and it was substituted with the assault scene, which is what yeah it kind of initially opened up with. The only remaining hint is the fact that Alice meets a deranged family in a decrepit TV station. Her narration was also rescheduled and now appears after the title card. Alice, new costume designed by Milia Jovovich's clothing line, Jovovich Hawk. So, she designed her costume. Look at that. Uh, Raccoon City is clearly Detroit, Michigan from the graphic. About six, seven minutes into the film, the Detroit River and the Belle Isle are clearly describable, uh, discernible Excuse me, as is the half-moon-shaped industrial park to the north. So, so, so you're saying they used the city of Detroit to, as a setting for this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, the trademark double spiral, spheral-shaped injections represented DNA. Now have two liquids instead of one. The one spiral contains the blue liquid, the T virus, and the other one contains the green liquid, the antidote. The mixture is supposedly capable of bestowing the regenerative features of the T virus, but without succumbing to the atrocious side effects, mutation into an undead. The possibility of of a third film in the franchise was first discussed when Resident Evil Apocalypse opened at number one in the U.S. box office, earning more than twenty three million in its opening weekend. Jesus Christ. I remember that. The White Queen was originally planned to appear in the first film, but was. I remember we read something on this, but in the original thing, they changed it. So, um, yeah. The White Queen. Yeah, I, I was going to ask if that was that who that was supposed to be? Yeah, she was actually going to play in the first film, but then they changed it to the Red Queen. They said temperatures will, uh, would often be excess of 130 degrees on the Mexican locations. Various members of the crew frequently would have to be treated for dehydration. The original conception was that the storyline of this film would take place eight years after the events of Resident Evil Apocalypse. The filmmakers ultimately decided to shorten the time gap between the two films. According to some trailers in the film's official website, the story in the Nevada desert unfolds five years after the apocalypse in Raccoon City. Since the first two films take place in 2002, evidence in the newspaper visible at the end of the first film, Resident Evil Extension is placed chronologically in 2007, coinciding with the film's release year. So that's the timeline for the fucking movie. So it's five years after Apocalypse. Hmm. Uh, Prints were shipped to some theaters under the fake title Raccoon City, which is the name of the city. No shit. Uh, Let's see. No, I don't care about that. Yeah, we already talked about that. Uh, 
they said domesticating the zombie in the beginning of this film is clearly a reference to George A. Romero's Day of the Dead, Day 1995, when Bub did virtually the same thing with the older phone, with an older phone. Well, n- well, I was going to say earlier, it was not only that, but the entire plot was from Day of the Dead because the whole purpose were, was they wanted the scientists to domesticate them and make them obey. Yeah. If, you, if you did that, it would, it would uh, take them off the focus of their hunger yeah uh, a major influence of this variant of Resident Evil franchise was the Road Warrior 1981 yeah you can tell yeah you don't say this was the first Resident Evil movie not released on VHS the first two films were uh, and the Tokyo scene, the sign next to Tokyo Metro reads uh, Zatochi Square. This is a nod to the fictional Japanese film and television character. Uh, they say the crow sitting on power lines and attacking at large numbers was paying homage to Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Mm, this was Ashanti's first horror film. Yeah, so the Betty was the nurse character that was taking care of LJ, and uh, that was actually Ashanti, uh, who that was, and she appeared in this movie. Yeah, she was only relevant in, what, 2007? Yeah, I think so. And her first horror movie, good for her. Uh, let's see. Boom, 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 boom. They say Chris Redfield, Ken- Leon Kennedy, and Cindy Lennox were all rumored to appear with Charlie Clausen and Chris as Chris, Charlie Cousin as Chris, Jensen Eccles as Leon, and Deborah Marshall as Cindy. That was the rumors floating around this movie for a while. Uh,. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, shit. Costume designer Joseph A. Poro worked on another movie based on a video game. Super Mario Bros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so if I look hard enough, I'll see a Goomba in the background? Yeah, you just might, man. Uh, let's see the miniature well-known world monuments and other buildings shown as the group arrived in Las Vegas were actually present in the real Las Vegas at the time of the movie's release. As of 2018, they're still there. Look at that. There's an update. That's nice. The name of the terrifying mutation that Dr. Isaacs morphs into during the final sequence is never mentioned in the film. The creature, however, is lifted directly from the video game and is called Tyrant. The complete name of the deadly virus is Tyrant Virus. T-Virus is just an abbreviation. The initial, no fucking shit. Yep. The initial script explained that shortly after the events of the second film, Angela Ashford was killed in an attack by Umbrella Soldiers. While this was left out of the film, the novelization explains that Alice, under Umbrella's control, killed her. Who was Angela Ashford in the second film? Do you remember, Ryan? Uh, I'm sorry. uh, Say that again. Who was Angela Ashford in the second film? Um, Angela Ashford. Wasn't it the little girl? 
Yeah, that was the that was a scientist's daughter. Huh? Oh, okay, well Ashford then it was a scientist. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was a little it was a little girl because there were only two Ashfords in the movie. That was the doctor, and it was the little girl that the Red Queen was based on. Well, apparently there's a novelization of this, and they say that Alice killed that little girl uh, under Cumbrella's control. So apparently they took control of her at certain points. There's five years missing in that between the two and three. Well, so well they kind of had. I guess they had to explain why little why this little girl wasn't in it and they had to get another British yeah. little girl to be the white queen. Yeah. Um, the opening scene, which recreates a sequence from the first film was scripted to be longer. Apart from finding the picture of the married couple, Alice would discover the rest of the clues seen in the first film, namely the handwritten note in the drawer containing the weapons. Then she would enter the red queen's, the red queen's laser chamber. For pacing reasons, the scene that appears in the finished film was trimmed down. It is noteworthy that after Alice sees the picture and hears a gust of wind, she simply looks at the statue. This is the only clue that the scene is just a simulation and not an exact copy of the first Resident Evil film. The original Alice asked hello after she turned to the hall with the statue. There are 96 dead Alice clones filling up the trench at the start of the film. It's weird considering the the one that failed the test is like eighty seven. Is like eighty seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the original script implied that the reason for the global outbreak is that rats spread the infection. Apparently, the fact that these rodents live mostly underground helped them survive. Although the subplot was discarded, there is still a shot of rats dwelling in the sewers of Tokyo in the final scene of the film. Contrary to proper belief, the chronology of the third film is definite. Although trailers and the official website revealed the story is set five years after the Raccoon City incident, the viewer does not have to rely on promotional material. The time period that has passed by since the beginning of the global infection is actually referenced in the film itself. When the convoy enters... At Crippet Las Vegas, they observe that it is covered by desert sand. Alice's lines draw attention to the fact that for five years there was no one left to clean up the city. Oh, I didn't I didn't even catch that she dropped that. I know they were kind of saying that it was only left there, but apparently she drops a quick line. Way to cover your ass. Um uh, Alright, that's it. That's it for facts. Let's rate this movie and shut it down. So um uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go first. I'm gonna say three lives down. Um you know, it was okay. Uh, it was it was probably I think it was a little more I think it was a little more boring than the first two films, but the action scenes that did take place I think were better than the first two films, and um, I kind of liked that they didn't get too crazy with the psychic powers because they kind of yeah hello. Oh, all right, cool. What the, what the fuck was that? I don't know. I think it might be somebody on Kevin's side. It's cool, Kev. Just keep him muted for a minute. I we'll get to you in a second. That's fine. Um. Anyways, so I'm gonna say three lives down. It's um, it just was. I think it's a little more boring than the other ones. Um, they kind of. I like that Claire came in there, but I didn't really care for the actress they got for Claire. Um, I don't mind the actress. I just felt like she would be great in this movie as a different character, just a different role. I just. I don't know. I didn't care for his Claire Redfield. Uh, but I'm going to go three lives down. Patrick, what are you feeling? I'd say two. Uh, two lives down. I, 
I'm not really compelled to go watch any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, just starting off this one. Um, but who knows? It's I have no connection to the games or anything, so it's it's really just you know. And like you said, it was kind of boring. I did fall asleep the first time I was watching. <laughs> I had to wake up and watch the rest. Yeah, this is probably the more boring one out of the three movies so far. So, uh, Ryan? Um, originally, I was going to give it four lives down until I just remember the scene where they were trying to domesticate that one zombie and how he was able to use the cell phone and the camera, but, but not put all the blocks into the square he has memory and reasoning so, skills this is incredible i still laugh my fucking head off at that yeah um uh, so i'm gonna go ahead and go with the fact that this, this is the third film i'm gonna go with three lives down kevin what you giving it well the, the the consensus here seems to be three lives i think i kind of agree with that as well i'm okay. gonna say uh, three lives Cause like uh, I had fun watching some of the action scenes, but there was a lot of freaking uh, boring parts in between, like all of the action scenes. Cause it wasn't like um, too much action in this movie. So yeah, three lives down sounds about right. All right, cool. Well, that's it. That wraps it up here for Losing Lives. Thank you for joining us. You're always welcome to check out our other podcast, Who's Next Podcast. Um, I think by the time this one drops, we'll have already released the episode with uh, Duck Hunt. Hunting for ducks, eating some duck. Came out pretty good. And we talked about the history of preserving the history of video games. So you can check that out. Also, check out our friends, uh, Blurs Are Us, Nerds the Podcast, um, The Long Box Guys for some comic goodness, uh, Panel on Panels, and anybody else out there, be cool. We out.